You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're doing a special crossover edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, along with Chris Gordy of the Locked On SEC podcast. We're here to talk about the Ole Miss and Vanderbilt game. Just a reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you look down below, you can see that Ole Miss is an 18 and a half point favorite, and the over/under sits at 59 points. That line, just like every line, is brought to you by Bet Online. Anyway, thank you very much for making the Locked On SEC and Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to talk a little bit about this game. I, I describe people as like, Vandy is not good, but they're better. This is not the Vandy of the last four years. Like I said, they're not good, but past four years, Vandy would have gone on the road to Northern Illinois and lost. And they just kind of handily took care of business and moved on. They've only lost to Wake Forest and Bama this year. So, like I said, not good, but better. How you doing, Chris? Doing good, man. Yeah, that that's a good way to put it. I mean, it's not pushover 0-10, you know, Vandy or whatever they were during the COVID year. Um, you know, they were bad last year. But Clark Lee is starting to turn some things around. And, you know, I, I really think you can't take anything out of – look, they had a bye week last week, and then the week prior they get their brains beaten by Alabama. I don't think you could take much away from that game. Um, they're not – on a level yet to even compete with Alabama. So it's unfair to take anything big away from that game. And in the Wake Forest game, look, that was a top 25 Wake Forest team that just gotten Sam Hartman back. I think what you look at is what they did against those other teams. They beat up on a really bad Hawaii team in week zero. I think a lot of us watched that game because we were so craving football. Uh, the Elon game, not many people watched. Mike Wright was still the starting quarterback at the time, and he looked really good in that game. And then something happened these last couple of weeks where they decide to give A.J. Swan a chance to kind of show what he could do. He's a true freshman, was a highly touted quarterback, at least for Vandy standards, and he looked really good, led them to a come-from-behind win against Northern Illinois. And then, of course, Alabama didn't do very much. But I think A.J. Swan has some pieces uh, to his game that, that you know, are going to develop and get better as his career goes on. But what's crazy, Stephen, is when you consider this, Vandy had a bye week this past week, yet they have a, a running back in Ray Davis who ranks fourth in the SEC in rushing and a receiver, Will Shepard, who's, who's third in the SEC in receiving. How do you have a top four running back and a top three receiver when you've had a week off and the other teams have it? Uh, so that's what's kind of crazy right now is that, uh, you know, that that's where Vandy kind of is right now. They got a good running back in Ray. They got a good, uh, a good receiver in, in Will Shepard, but, um, you know, I, I do think they'll be able to be a little bit more competitive this week. You mentioned the lines around 18. That's probably about right. But I do think Vandy's got a chance to score some points in this game. And, um, you know, great tests from, from Ole Miss's defense this past week against Will, Will Levis. I think they should feel very confident in themselves. But as we know, it's it's the run game. It's Zach Evans. It's Quinshawn Judkins. And, you know, top five in the country still in rushing this many weeks into the season. I think we know where Ole Miss is and what their MO is going to be. And I think it's going to be on Anthony Orgy and a lot of those defensive pieces for Vandy to try to slow down the run game. 
All right, let's look at the headlines for this game. First of all, from Vandy's perspective, what's a headline that we need to be looking for in this game? Yeah, for Vandy, I would say, um, man, like, uh, can A.J. Swan take that next step in his development? I mean, I would say that that would be kind of uh, the next thing. I mean, he does have six touchdowns, no interceptions, has been sacked six times. But again, granted, most of those came in that Alabama game. Will Anderson had a couple of those. Um, I would say, Ken, you know, if, if, it's, if you're going to stick with A.J. Swan at quarterback, is he the guy that can really get the passing game going? And, and can Will Shepard take advantage of, of the Ole Miss secondary? That's that's what I would say is kind of the the headline for, for Vandy. Um, you know, can Ray Davis move the chains? Can they eat some, some clock um, and keep the ball out of the hands of Ole Miss? But and I would say maybe, Stephen, this might be one of those games where we're, look, we're looking at the clock and two hours, 56 minutes, the game's over. Because mm-hmm. if both teams have their way, they're going to run the ball a lot and that and that clock will keep running and, uh, and this will be a quick one. Yeah, this could absolutely be a game that has 60 rushing attempts between both teams. They're, they're, they really want to run the ball. Now, the headline for Ole Miss in this game is probably going to be the center snap. That's what everybody's going to pay attention to. Against Kentucky, that was an issue. It was like playing Kentucky offensively with one arm tied behind your back. Half of the offense was unable to be called because they were so erratic snapping the football. Whenever they get that right and it looks good, all of a sudden a big play looks. that An explosive play can happen. You saw that against Kentucky, but basically the jet sweep was basically eliminated from their arsenal because of the center snap. So... Lane Kiffin said Monday they worked on that. They're going to work on it all week. We'll see how that looks against Vanderbilt because that is one thing that could let Vandy hang around in this game to make it closer than it could be because Ole Miss has had trouble in the second half scoring points, and a lot of that is because of that center snap and kind of basically shutting off the middle of the field, shutting off the jet sweep, and there's facets of their offense that they've been unable to do. But if they get that cleaned up against Vanderbilt, get it worked out, and they can move, get a little bit better next week against Auburn, this is all a build towards LSU and Alabama for whatever Ole Miss is doing right now. So I think Ole Miss needs to take care of themselves, be clean playing offensive football, and they should be able to win this game fairly handily. Yeah, and, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to discount anything on on um, you know on Vandy's side. I will say though, I mean Ole Miss. Prior to this weekend, you know, in beating in beating Kentucky, there were big question marks about what is this Ole Miss team? Because again, I, I didn't think you could take very much away from wins over Troy and Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, and Tulsa. Uh, while it was a big win and your defense made some plays, I can also say Kentucky had two opportunities there late in the game to either tie it, send it to overtime, or win it. Um, you know, the, the the touchdown pass to the end zone that gets that gets uh, nullified. What are we? What's our opinion on Ole Miss today? If Will Levis throws that pass, they win. You know, they score a touchdown there late. I think you know we're probably looking a little bit differently at this Ole Miss team, saying, "Oh, look, their first test of the season, and they couldn't answer the call, and they get beat by Kentucky." So, you know, one one or two plays could change our opinion on on things. But I will say this: uh, you know, if we're looking for something positive that Vanderbilt has done this year, they have scored on all seventeen trips to the red zone this season. They've converted. Uh, 15 touchdowns on uh, out of those 17 opportunities. So, uh, you know, Alabama did a good job of keeping them out of the red zone completely. If if Vanderbilt gets into the red zone, they've been pretty good at turning those uh, trips into touchdowns. So, you know, again, 
another test for the Ole Miss defense. Can they rise to the occasion? Uh, the Kentucky offensive line was not good. I'd say the Vanderbilt offensive line is probably in the same, you know, same territory. Um, can they get after A.J. Swan, f- get some sacks on him, force him into some mistakes, and get some turnovers? And if they do that, Ole Miss is going to run away with this one, like you said. But, uh, again, more talented Vanderbilt team. And uh, Ole Miss, I think each week we're trying to – we're taking notes, but – Put me in the cautiously optimistic still on Ole Miss. I'm still a little – I want to see more, but, again, you can't deny the record and, and what they're doing, and Lane has been phenomenal so far. Uh, I think somebody, somebody brought up this record so far at Ole Miss to me, and I was like, is that right? Like, it, it, it feels like, it even feels like he's a little underappreciated for what he's been doing at Ole Miss so far. Yeah, I think he's underappreciated nationally because people assume what Ole Miss traditionally is. At Ole Miss, he, he – they're almost ready to build a statue for the guy. It's, 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 at, it's at the point where whatever amount of money he wants, he's going to get. They're going to take care of him. Now, he's in a position in college football where three or four months out of the year, it seems like he's able to go down to Boca Raton and work remotely uh, whenever that happens. And, and not many jobs around the country would he be able to do something like that. I mean, if he jumped in that piranha pit at Auburn, which that's the hot rumor at the moment, they're not going to allow that to happen. Um, several jobs around the country that are open right now would not allow that to happen. So I think, you know, I'm not, I don't think Lane Kiffin's going to take any of these jobs. I think the fact that Ole Miss made it through the last coaching cycle with him means that he's not going anywhere for three or four years. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of felt like, you know, I heard rumors last offseason that, that Lane had thrown his name, thrown his name out there for some of those jobs and was kind of sniffing around at what was out there. And I think what happened was when it sounded like he wasn't going to get any of those jobs that he kind of re doubled down, like recommitted himself to Ole Miss and said, all right, Hey, look, I'm staying here. We're doing this. We're doing this my way. I'm going to bring in uh, you know, a couple new coordinators. We're going to figure this thing out, hit up the transfer portal starts to, you know, puts together a good recruiting class. Yeah. I, I'm kind of there, Steven. I, I think Lane is, is at least there for the foreseeable future. I think he, you know, his big concern from what I heard behind the scenes was, could he win big at Ole Miss? Can he win the SEC West? Can he slay the dragon and beat Alabama and get to Atlanta? That's been his big concern. And I think, you know, he's looking at it right now saying, look, if I can if the, if I can use the transfer portal to my benefit, we can continue to get support from the alumni base and play the NIL game. I think he looks at it and said, yeah, we, we absolutely can. It's going to take some time still, but – who knows, man? That Alabama game looms large on November 12th. And if if Ole Miss can get there largely unscathed, or let's just say you have one loss at that point, it won't matter largely. Like, let's say Ole Miss only loses at LSU. And they beat Alabama. You're in the driver's seat for the West because you're going to presume LSU's probably going to have a couple losses at that point. And, you know, if it's Alabama's first SEC loss, you've got the head-to-head with them, and you're in the driver's seat for Atlanta. So, Again, the SEC schedule is brutal. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be road bumps along the way. But, uh, you know, I, I've said it before the season. I think Alabama's going to lose one of these road games. Uh, you know, Arkansas had their chance to get back into it this past weekend. They couldn't. Uh, they should have lost at Texas. They found a way to win. But with that Bryce Young injury kind of looming, uh, man, I, I wonder, you know, is is that trip to um, – or is that game against uh, – Ole Miss on November 12th is that the game that Alabama slips up in and for me I feel like Lane this is it's all a dress rehearsal leading up to that week yeah and he's already lathering up the crowd the Kentucky atmosphere was absolutely crazy 
And if they get to Alabama relatively unscathed to where that game becomes game day and is basically the capital of college football for that Saturday, that stadium in Oxford might be ready to come to the ground. I mean, it, 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 it seriously will. It'll be 2014 all over again, which I was at that game with Katy Perry and all of that. Um, it, it, it'll be that type of atmosphere all over again. Now, not saying the same result will happen, but going into that game, that's the way that it will happen. Yeah, it's, uh, again, I, I think there's still a lot of uh, people maybe questioning where Ole Miss is right now, what they've mm-hmm. done, but all you can do is be, remain undefeated, beat who's in front of you, and uh, Ole Miss absolutely should go do that this weekend against Vandy. Yeah, absolutely. And before I um, hit this break real quick, Ole Miss has the second best win in the country right now that went over Kentucky. Only Georgia beating Oregon was considered a better win um, ranked-wise right now in the country. So I understand what you're saying. Like three or four plays go one way. We're having a completely different conversation about Ole Miss. But on the other side of that coin, if Barry and Brown is not playing for Kentucky, Kentucky drove the field one time and they would have about 200 yards. So it – it kind of goes both ways on that one, I think. Yeah, no, no doubt. You're right. And and again, mm-hmm. we could do what ifs all day, but mm-hmm. ultimately what happened? Ole Miss yeah. found a way to win a gutty game, and, then, and that's big for them. All right. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Ole Miss weekend game or throughout history of our alma mater. This week's thrilling moment from the Ole Miss game is Jared Ivey's strip sack on Will Levis. It was under a minute left to go in the game. It was on Ole Miss's about 17-yard line, somewhere close. Kentucky was already in range for a tying field goal and was just coming off a called-back touchdown. It was the single play of that game. Jared Ivey reached back and was able to strip sack Will Levis. Tavius Robinson fell on it. Ole Miss got a win against number seven ranked Kentucky. And now you can see Ole Miss is number nine in the country and everything is rolling. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs across the Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all new Frontier, Armada, and Pathfinder today. They're all available now at NissanUSA.com. All right, thanks for making our podcast the first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Do me a favor. um, Leave a five-star review in iTunes and Spotify. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. That'll make sure that when people search Ole Miss Podcast, the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast comes up nice front and center. We're in the top left at the moment. That'll help us out. We would appreciate you doing that. All right, in the first segment, we talked a little bit about the headlines for each team going back and forth, and now... We're going to talk a little bit about the key to winning the game. Chris, what would be Vandy's key for winning this game? How does it happen? What what needs to happen for them? Man, I would say uh, they're going to have to get great quarterback play from Swan. Um, you know, again, Will Shepard is is the guy that they need to carry uh, or, or um, you know, make big plays on the offensive side. Again, Ray Davis, I've watched him this season. Uh, he's He's fine. He, he he doesn't like he doesn't wow you when he runs the football. Put it that way. Whereas Ole Miss has had some big explosive plays uh, from their run game. Um, man, defense is going to have to capitalize and, and force some turnovers. Uh, I talked with Anthony Orgy at, at SEC Media Days, and 
he's kind of that's quiet senior leader of the team. And so far, you know, he's been one of the leading tacklers in the SEC and, um, you know, I think leads the entire SEC in, in tackle so far. So uh, he's a tackling machine. Can some of those other guys get after it and, and you know, force Jackson Dart into making some mistakes? Because, again, I, I, I think jury's still kind of out on Dart right now. And I, I hate to keep trying to compare and contrast him to, to Corral because it's not really fair. Corral was one of the better quarterbacks to play at Ole Miss in recent years. But, you know, that's kind of where we are is, is I, I still don't feel like I can fully trust Jackson Dart. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say if I'm Vandy, I, I try to stuff that middle force Ole Miss into some passing downs and try to capitalize off of some mistakes. That's what it's going to take. But, you know, from what I'm hearing, the Ole Miss faithful are going to travel for this game and, you know, they, they might be, you know, half of Nashville filled with, uh, rebels fans. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a big knock on Vandy in recent years, 2019, when LSU went there, they literally let LSU's band play their whole pregame on the field i'm going vandy what are you doing like <laughs> try to have some kind of home field advantage there but um no they, they really lack that and so yeah again they're gonna have to try to find force Ole miss into some mistakes and keep this to keep this one close and uh, like i said keep keep Ole miss from moving the chains and keep them into some passing downs and try to force some turnovers yeah, and you mentioned Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart is not it remotely the same quarterback he was in week one. The, the, the growth that he has had over five weeks is phenomenal. And like I told you earlier, this is all basically a growth streak where you want to be ready for LSU and Alabama and get to that point. You want more of a finished product. But he, if, with the snap situation they had against Kentucky, he, he got fooled one time on a pass over the middle. But otherwise, he played a decent game and had some nice passes. I think the key for Ole Miss winning this game is honestly, and this is no disrespect for Vanderbilt whatsoever, but Ole Miss just really needs to not let down. This is one of those things like the Tulsa game. Everybody was looking forward to the Kentucky game the next week, and there was a drop down a little bit, a little bit of a letdown. They need to avoid that and consistently play across the top. If they do that, they can probably win this game by, like I said, 18 and a half, 21. This feels like a 31 to 38 to 14 game, somewhere in there. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think Vandy's near the bottom of the conference in, in rushing yards given up per game, I think around 158. So uh, only A&M and South Carolina and Florida are worse than them. So, you know, that's Ole Miss's strength right there. Already plays into a weakness for Vandy. And uh, yeah, again, I, I think the big if Ole Miss goes out and they're busting off long chunk runs, yeah, go ahead and uh, cash in that uh, cash in that Ole Miss cover early because it's going to be a long day for the Commodores. Yeah, you talked about the attendance um, and Ole Miss going up there. Ole Miss always takes up basically the whole visitor side of the Vandy stand. They probably one of the most attended games in Vandy season when they play Tennessee at home this year will be that Ole Miss game just simply because they're going to take so many people up there. Now, Tennessee is trying to checker Vandy Stadium out. and One of the all-time troll moves I've ever seen. They're trying to do the checker thing inside Vandy Stadium this year. Yeah, you probably can. And again, mm -hmm. I, I've got a good buddy of mine, who uh, Earl Bennett, who played at, uh, played at Vandy and um, is back there working on their staff. And, you know, he told me a while back that the biggest criticism, he said it was embarrassing that uh, opposing teams are bringing more fans into that stadium than, than Vanderbilt's home home fans. And I, I get it. You got to have something good to root for. 
but at least Clark Lee has his team playing hard. They actually look like they care and they give a damn. And, you know, last couple, you know, the last year or so of Derek Mason, it kind of looked like that a lot, of, even the players were checking out. So I think the ingredients are there for Vanderbilt to continue to get more competitive, but just not on the same level as Ole Miss just yet. Unless, like I said, Ole Miss goes in and makes a ton of mistakes. Uh, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to do predictions and also look around the SEC a little bit since we have locked on SEC in the house. We'll talk about some other games going on. But first, I do want to let you know about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your football betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you find. And always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information along with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores of every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and MLS. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. If you can see below, we talk about it all the time. Um, Ole Miss is an 18.5-point favorite. The over-under is set at 59 points. Safe bet would be this season, take the under in all Ole Miss games. That, that, is, that is the bet this season. But anyway, it's bet online where the game starts. All right. Thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications and participate in the conversation by upvoting the video and, of course, participating in the comment section. So thank you very much. That'd make us very happy. Um, we're here with Chris Gordy from Locked On SEC. We're talking about the Ole Miss Vandy game. I think it's about time to do predictions. What do you think will happen in this game? How is it going to go? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with what we've talked about. I think Ole Miss uh, runs the ball well. I think they uh, control the clock. I think they keep the ball out of Vandy's hands. I think force a lot of three and outs. And I think um, I think Ole Miss wins running away. I think they cover that 18. And I'm with you. I, I, I think I think Ole Miss even hits the 40s here. I'd go somewhere like 41, 13, somewhat something like that. Okay, I am really similar. I think the backups might score a touchdown late that could throw this off. But if you look at the starters and everything going, I think Lane Kiffin is not going to take the foot off this gas in this game if he can because of the second half struggles his team has had so that could participate a little bit in pushing up the score so maybe Ole Miss covers I'm going to go um yeah 41 to 13 that, that, that's that's where I kind of am at the moment so that is Ole Miss and Vanderbilt let's talk about a couple other games in the SEC real quick we don't have a whole lot of time but we got a couple of minutes I call this desperation Saturday because essentially Texas A&M and Arkansas are playing for their seasons today don't you think or this weekend? Uh, yeah, Arkansas, I, I, man, I, I, as much faith as I had in them, I really thought that A&M game they should have won, you know, if their field goal kicker can make the damn kick, if they don't fumble the goal line going in to make, you know, make it a two-score game, uh, you know, and, and A&M runs back the fumble all the way for a touchdown. I really thought they could give Alabama a game. And, man, when Bryce Young was out of the game and they score and they make it 28-23, I'm like, this is it. Arkansas is coming back and, and they're going to, they're going to mount this comeback and beat Alabama. And then the defense just gives up play. I, I mean, Jameer Gibbs, 70 yard rushing touchdowns and the big play from Jalen Milrow. It was just, I was so disappointed. So I'm out on Arkansas. Mississippi state seems to be the real deal this year. 
you know, they got slipped up at, at LSU, but they've bounced back. That was a big win over A&M. I think Arkansas is in big danger territory of losing their third straight here, going into Starkville. And I think Will Rogers is playing as good as any quarterback in the country. So I think Mississippi State's going to win that at home. I think Arkansas takes their third straight loss, falls to one and three in SEC play. And uh, look, Alabama owes A&M a butt whooping. Whether Bryce Young plays in this one or not, Bama's weapons are so good. They're going to run it all over A&M. Max Johnson's not good enough to score enough points in this Alabama defense. He's going to get killed by Will Anderson and company. And I think Alabama wins big. So, yeah, I think you're talking about two teams from the West in A&M and Arkansas adding another loss to the loss column and both those teams falling way back of the rest of the pack. Yeah, and Arkansas yeah. still has LSU. They still have Ole Miss. They still have, um, I think, somebody else that's ranked as well. Oh, BYU on their schedule. Yeah. yeah. And um, they also played the triumvirate of Auburn and Liberty and Missouri. You figure Arkansas might lose one of those games. They, It looks to me like their pass defense is so bad, they're overcompensating for it. And now in the process, they're ruining the run defense as well. Yeah, no, that's a great point because they were they were as good as anybody the first few weeks in this season of getting after the quarterback, leading the country in sacks but they were dead last in pass, passing defense. So Barry Odom, if he's going to stick around in Fayetteville, he's got some big things he's got to clean up for that program moving forward. They got to get some better DBs in there. Keep in mind, as I watched LSU this past weekend, I watched Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché making tackles out there. Both those guys were transfers from Arkansas. Now they're at LSU. And so, you know, they have not filled the void of those guys. And, um, yeah, Arkansas has got some big problems, man. A&M's, they've got, Arkansas has got the problems on defense. A&M's got the problems on offense. They don't have a quarterback. They got They got everything else but a quarterback. And so, yeah, again, just kind of tells you where Ole Miss is in the grand scheme of things in the West right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, looking ahead, you know, the Ole Miss LSU game, people don't realize that game is unbelievably special whenever Ole Miss is good. The Ole Miss hasn't held up their bargain very often, but when they're good, that is a special game. If you look at 2014, it just really created a cauldron there. And Ole Miss going down the Tiger Stadium, potentially at that point ranked sixth or seventh in the country. That is the game that everybody's going to point to, I think. Yeah, and if you go look at the other games that week, Stephen, based on what we're kind of projecting is going to happen, it's probably going to be the 230 game on CBS because I don't think there's many other sexy matchups. As long as LSU keeps, you know, keeps winning and Ole Miss keeps winning, I think you're going to get Ole Miss at LSU at a 230 game, which that means come fourth quarter, it's going to be Saturday night in Death Valley. How does Ole Miss respond? Um, no, it's always it's always a fun one. It's always a really good one. The rivalry runs deep there. And yeah, it's been some lopsided, you know, wins on on both sides in recent years, but that that's going to be a monster one. And let me just say this, LSU, I, I've been impressed with their wherewithal, their grit. They are not the most talented team in the conference, but Brian Kelly has them playing well. That defense uh, that Matt House has, yeah, they give up 17 early points to Auburn in that one, but they shut Auburn out in the second half in 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 uh, on the plains of, of Auburn at Jordan-Harris. So um, as long as Matt House keeps getting the, that defense playing fiery, I think LSU is going to find themselves – uh, in some close games. And this is a big one this weekend against Tennessee with Hendon Hooker, who Tennessee just had their bye week. There's question marks. Will they get Cedric Tillman back? I don't know if they necessarily need him. Jalen Hyatt and the rest of those guys look just fine against Florida. So, you know, if, if LSU could slow down the passing attack of Tennessee, Tennessee's biggest weakness is that defense. 
you know, can LSU's offense put the pressure on? That's been their biggest problem. LSU has not started games well. I think they scored three first-half points against Florida State, seven points in the first half against Mississippi State. Uh, you know, they go down the two-minute against Auburn and put up their second touchdown to put 14 on the board. But LSU has not been a very good first-half team, particularly on offense. So this will be a big one on Saturday if the, if the Tigers can score some points on the Vols early. Uh, they'll have a chance at the upset. Yeah, and CBS really just needs to quit picking these games early because LSU and Tennessee probably should have been the primetime game as the best matchup of the week. And they're relegated to 11 o'clock on ESPN because you can't compete with that 7 o'clock game. And that 7 o'clock game, it might have 7 million viewers when it's done, but that thing's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, no doubt. And again, it's uh, I'll be tuning in because I like to see Jimbo lose. So uh, that'll yeah. be a fun one. Yeah, it should be really good. Any other games that you're looking at this year or this season or whatever? Or this week? Or this weekend? Yeah, um, I mean, Auburn-Georgia is just interesting just to see uh, how badly Auburn gets beat down. Keep in mind, Georgia pl played an ugly game with Kent State, then played an ugly game against Mizzou. Do they come back and do they play another ugly game against Auburn or do they steamroll them? And if they steamroll them, does, uh, you know, is Brian Harson the head coach come Monday? They, certainly, if, if Georgia crushes them, let's say they win 45-3. to, to three. I think Brian Harson is, is handed his walking papers come Sunday morning. And then the other one, how does Kentucky respond after an emotional, tough loss to uh, to Ole Miss? Uh, I think, uh, look, at South Carolina, Spencer Rattlers look terrible, but they're starting to get that ground game going with Marshawn Lloyd. Kentucky can't afford a slip-up here. They need to take care of business and, and get their fifth win. All right. Anyway, get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy, there he is, um, and his local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. It's Locked On SEC. Chris, thank you so much for filling in for an absent, non-existent Locked On Vandy. But, uh, you know, it should be pretty good. We can just do an SEC-centric show moving forward if you want to do that. But, um, yeah, it was fun, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Let me just say this, too. If I'm Vandy, throw Mike Rowdett right out there. I know he's not the starting quarterback anywhere, but anymore, but he's still the 15th leading rusher in the SEC. Find ways to put the ball in his hands and let him run. Who knows? Yeah, put him in the slot. Throw, throw <laughs> bubbles to him. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, thank you very much, Chris. We'll, and we'll see you later, man. All right, thanks, Steven.